This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i'm your host ajit and to review the second uh, india versus england test and the amazing second test between bangladesh and west indies and some of the other games from around the cricketing world by a lot of demand it must be said by a lot of recommendation from our listeners we have leah back to help us analyze these games hi leah welcome back on the armchair cricket podcast hi Thank you for having me. No, it's always a pleasure. I think uh, you're one of the more knowledgeable people when it comes to cricket, especially uh, in for coming from a country like Germany. Uh, before we get into cricket, I must say, how are things? How are things COVID and outside of COVID for you in your part of Germany? It's looking up. It's looking up, and I'm very, very hopeful that it will be mostly over by the middle of the year. yeah i mean what is over right so uh, i really hope at least we get a semblance of normalcy i somehow think it might take longer so in the netherlands the curve is not flattening as fast as we would like let's say i think they were a bit lenient in the early part of december late november possibly because i remember belgium belgium closed its borders pretty quickly and pretty solidly and uh, we were a bit bit more uh, let's say free and then probably that's costing us now and the second uh, let's say the more uh, virulent strain that's come from uk and some other parts of the world it's i think beginning to do rounds here oh. and uh, yeah we we don't know we don't know what's the right move anyway it's very tough the government here has said probably they were a bit late in taking some of the steps they did but we we don't know right no you never know <laughs> onwards to slightly uh, rosy pastures must be said <laughs> so especially if you are an india fan right So you know, having given the first test by more than two hundred runs to England and having lost so convincingly, it must be said, I think India did a wonderful job coming back, winning the second one by three seventeen runs. Some initial thoughts to kick us off, Leah. Well, it was a it was a terrific terrific fight back from India in the second test. Uh, two centurions, one in the first and one in the third innings. Uh, a fiver by Ravi Ashwin as well. Pretty good performance all around, I'd say. So first of all, toss, right? So was it win the toss, win the game, or at least that's what the rest of the Twitter artists seem to say? What are your thoughts on the toss? I, I don't, I don't think it's a. It was a win the toss, win the game situation. Um, Ashwin made a century in the third innings, so I would say the pitch was okay for batting in the third innings on the third day. Um, so I don't think. that winning the toss was that important okay the pitch took spin from the beginning but it didn't really deteriorate that much over the course of play but well, you're right see i was i was looking at some live cricket on the last day last there is a fourth day of the game the pitch was was ragging it was turning there was no doubt about it but there was not a lot of uneven bounce that you normally expect from a sort of a very badly prepared pitch because 
I mean, I'll bring the other thing I wanted to discuss, the really, air quotes, bad pitch, especially some of these specialists who come in with certain commentary teams around the world and certain ex-captains, certain teams, they seem to have some very strong opinions. However, I think there's nothing wrong in preparing a pitch that can turn from day one. I mean, this is my thought, simply because if it can, if it can stay true, and that's its true nature, right? It's like having a hard bouncy pitch, like one of those Australian pitches that is bouncy, and then it settles down. The second and the third days are usually the best days for batting, they say, because it settles down and then there's even good bounce throughout, right? It's a similar sort of a situation. It's a pitch from which there's even spin from day one. And I think at least India read that, right? They had three spinners, three full spinners in the squad. England had two and they had Joe Root who could always pitch in, right? Do you really think it is a pitch that that should mean lead to, for example, India being docked a few points or some drastic uh, impact like that? I do not. I do not think so. A spinning pitch is not necessarily a bad pitch, as you said. Um, and if India are docked points for this pitch, England should be docked points for preparing seeming wickets in England as well. Fair is fair. Look, one of the teams at least batted almost, you know, 190 overs in the game, right? I mean, that shows that it's it's not all that bad. At least, okay, they batted 180 overs in the game. So that that means it's it's not like this pitch is so unplayable that 120 plays, 110 plays, 70 plays, 50. It's not like that. It's not one of those, uh, you know, pre-war pitches are, you know, at least pitches up to 70 when they did not cover the pitches, at least in England, when if it ever rained, God help you. Whoever came out to bat after it rained, really God help you. Anything could happen from that pitch, yes. right? It's not like that. Uh, at least the way they make these pitches, there's a certain amount of consistency. It's just that you have to play spin well. I mean, it's it's a test by spin. There's nothing wrong if there's a, what no. you said. If you go to Newlands in South Africa, there's a test by seam, right? It, if you go to Joburg, it's a test by bounce. These are all known things. So similarly, as you said, if you go to Headingley, it's probably seeming a lot, right? Yes, I think I think it's um, it's exactly as you say. And if you look at India's average runs per wicket taken by England, they were right in the average. It's about thirty odd runs per wicket taken, and India did that. You're right. They made 30 runs, 30 runs per wicket, roughly, which is okay over the course of the match. Now, if you were to come to the innings analysis, like how important do you think Rohit Sharma's runs were for India? Those, you know, really scoring at 70 runs per 100 balls and scoring 161, setting it up for his team. How important do you think these runs were? It's, of course, very, very important because it was um, not just not just a hundred, it was what Graham Gooch calls a daddy hundred. It was 150 plus um, in the first innings. Um, as an opener, that's always that's always a shot to the bow, to the uh, a shot across the bow for the opposition. So it's it's I think it's very important because it sets up the innings. And then, well, Kohli. At least failure again, first things. Uh, a bit of exaggeration when he got out to what turned out to be a decent off-break. Delivery from Ali? Or was it a great ball, according to you? I think it was a it was actually a great ball from, from Moeen. It was actually a great mm. ball. And, hmm. of course, 
it's always <clears throat> it's always hard in the beginning of the innings. Um, but once you get a very good ball at the start of your innings, stuff like this can happen. That's cricket. I mean, a part of the game is you have to survive the first 10 balls. Right. In most right. formats. Unless it's T20, it's probably a different approach. But you look to get through the first 10-12 balls. You look to set it up, then build on it, right? Yes. It was a good ball. It was pitching in the right place. It was doing enough to hit the top of off beautifully. And I think Kohli, he, he was playing a bit more expansively than he normally would, let's say. Because of what probably Ali was doing previously in a part of his first spell was not, he was not very accurate his lengths were a bit mixed so were his lines probably Kohli did probably took him a bit light right and then that was a proper beautiful delivery went through the gate boom Rahane stands up I, apparently he has this thing for second tests of a series right I mean I'm surprised he didn't score 100 so he comes out but between them from 2 for 85 2 for 85 is okay because Rohit kept scoring very quickly Pujara did his thing. He only scored 21, but he made sure he stood there. Right? Yes. And then 2 for 85 was okay. That means it was still before lunch because Rohit Sharma was almost 18 not out at lunch by himself. Right? Yes. So lunch on first day, 18 not out on such a pitch when you know this pitch is going to continue turning throughout. I think it was very impactful runs because I think Rohit had got it correct. He probably thought if we can get India to 400. Maybe that's it, right? He he. At least that's how he set up his shop, and he wanted to just keep going. So I think he played for the first 80, 90 runs. His strike rate was a hundred, and then slowly he just settled into the innings and then just continued playing. Even though the strike rate dropped, he made sure he kept turning over the strike in such a way that he ended up with a big hundred. But also I think he ensured the team will not suffer. They would not be 160 all out, right? He made 160 himself. Right. Yes, um, but, I, but I think about Moeen, um, the thing is, he has been very erratic the whole test. He was, it was absolute, either, it was either absolute filth or absolute peaches he bowled. Hmm. So, so I don't, I don't um, think that Coley did much wrong when he got out to Moeen, because, yes, 90% of the balls bowled by Ali weren't that good, but 10% were really good. And he got one of those, I think. Fair enough. I mean, he also bowled Rahane as well, right? So yeah. in this case, Rahane probably played all around a good ball. But still, Ali was, as you say, probably he bowled one poor ball every over, but then there were also one or two really good balls in each over that you had to keep out. Right, he did because um, run rate, the run rate at which he conceded runs, was probably slightly concerning on such a pitch. Four point four one, considering you bowled almost thirty overs, you've given away almost one thirty runs. That that can be a bit of a bother for your captain. But I think uh, Joe Root did right. He backed him to take all the uh, wickets. Like uh, you know, I'm going to treat you like an attacking bowler. You're a spinner. You're an off break bowler. But on this pitch today, you're not a off break bowler. You're a leg break bowler. Go after it, even if you concede runs uh, by the wickets, as they say, right? Yes. I think I think Joe Root's problem there is that he's not really used to captaining spin bowlers. And um, he used an off-break bowler in a role that would normally be given to a leg-break bowler. And hmm. I don't think that Moeen Ali was expecting that. 
to be the strike bowler and he doesn't he doesn't have any experience being the strike bowler for england mm-hmm. i think that's the problem i think throughout his career he's always said he's unhappy to be the premier spin bowler in the 11 somehow he feels yes. like that he sees himself yes. doing better if he thinks of himself as the second spinner in the 11 the point is it's a world where you need to sort of step up and be the alpha or be the main man or be the main person right so because this that's what people expect so there was a time when his role would have been very much appreciated a couple of decades ago probably where you have this reliable team man who'll always smile who'll not complain he is happy to be second he doesn't want to be first right that means yes. he he gives you those overs he gives you those unstinting overs batting wherever you need to bat i think he's batted everywhere probably right i mean i'm just saying probably his values underappreciated as far as his current playing days are concerned we don't know what will happen in the future we'll get to it at the end of the test probably we'll see i mean i just think he could have taken a 5 4 i mean four wickets there and with the bowling at the tail i think stone bowled really well as a replacement for archer i thought stone came good he took out first of all shubman gill at the top of the innings with an lbw yes. a fast inducker and then he finished the tail off something what you would expect your uh, quick man to do right he's not a holding bowler he's going to come blast out a couple and get out of there right uh stuart yes. broad was uh, relatively off color was it was he just getting back into test cricket or he did not get the right lens on this pitch do you think i think stuart broad's problem was that he didn't get the ball to reverse that much as he should have got i think his lengths were generally okay because he bowled relatively full if i remember correctly he just didn't get the ball to reverse as fast as um or as early as someone like ishan sharma did in reply if he had got the ball to reverse um it would have been the correct tactics i think i i, I don't know what 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 the problem was because broad can get the ball to swing generally in england hmm i mean it could be this sg ball that they use in india doesn't have a very pronounced seam there was a lot of chatter after the first test where both kohli and ashwin felt the seam is sort of getting a uh, too soft already by the 60th over probably this is what broad also relies on when it comes to getting a bit of reverse swing and using the ball well right on a pitch which is not very responsive i think this is where in terms of skill set anderson is sort of miles ahead for everyone else those two balls that decided the first test match my god and the and the just morning anyway if i were to go back to this test rishabh pant i think took over beautifully so both rahane and rohit sharma were sort of dismissed against the run of play when they were set you would not expect that they would go back to back right so 248 sharma gets out rahane goes 249 that was that could have meant you know even ashwin took a bit of time out but ashwin also got dismissed early but i think rishabh pant played the situation beautifully so for india to have scored that other 70 75 runs he did all the scoring in fact the moment ashwin left nobody else even scored a double digit score right so five for akshar patel and a couple of ducks and four and a four for one shot mm-hmm. out of uh, mohammad siraj right and then that's it he was out so i think pant read the situation beautifully on the second morning knowing that he had to maximize so india were okay overnight but then the moment they started losing wickets he knew he had to maximize he played some very adventurous strokes as as always he stepped out and hit out right 
I mean, there were those classic uh, down the ground uh, wax of the left arm spinner leech, right? I mean, yes. we discussed uh, Ali, and what do you think about Leach's performance this test? In the first in the first innings, it really looked uh, as if as if Punt would would end Leach's career there and then. He he took him to the cleaners absolutely. He absolutely took him to the cleaners. He mm. uh, there was a there was a there was a point in the match in the first innings where Leach had an economy rate of round about ten mm. in a test match. Right. And it was basically all uh, all punts doing. So he came he came back in the second innings much better. Um, but I think punt targeted him beautifully. I think he had him figured out in that first innings, and he made good use of it. <clears throat> and the fact that he remained not out means that it's basically a failure of, of the tail end to stick around that robbed him of his very well-earned ton in the first innings. He didn't look like getting out. You're absolutely right. And I'm disappointed that at least Ishan Sharma, one of those two, Kuldeep Yadav, they both can bat, right? So one of those can two hung around. Uh, well, I think Kuldeep can even score a few if he gets <laughs> Ishan Sharma is a glorified blocker, indeed. But he's done it enough times. He's won test matches for India along with Lakshman. Yes, yes. So he can do it. So the only thing you just need to say, 30 minutes is all it takes. And Pant can take you to 400. I'm more thinking his 100, sure. But also India's 400. They already had enough. I mean, I was still talking close to neutral, um, at least through my tweets and other things. But uh, the commentary team of Guerrilla Cricket, our, our favorite uh, uh, alternative commentary team, they kept saying... No, no, India already have too much. It proved right. Because from the moment India came out to bowl, England looked completely clueless. I mean, what about their top three? Uh, Rory Burns, Tom Sibley, Dan Lawrence. Rory Burns, at least, um, he got out the fast bowler. But he, he nonetheless got out in the very first over of the this thing innings. What do you think? I mean, do you see any changes from England going into the next test? Probably... Let's just say that they were failures. In both the innings, the England top three were not really doing their bit. They were always, let's say, three for uh, three for 40, three for, four for 40 even at times. Do you see England might make some changes to the top three? Somebody else might come in? I do not think so, um, if only because England have had this opener drama since, basically since, since Strauss left. <laughs> Ah. Um, there is what, what was it Alistair Cook had 11 opening partners and none of them stuck around yeah, yeah. something like that and, and um, I think in these times they want to give their players the confidence um, we are behind you you are okay or you are the first choice no one's going to recall Keaton Jennings yet again just because he made runs in the subcontinent as an opener right um, he also wouldn't uh, qualify um, for the third test because of quarantine Fair enough. so I, I don't I don't think they can make any real changes at the top of the order I don't think so. So they won't. 
Uh, the way I see it, right, um, Rory Burns has not done enough to justify a place in the 11 anymore. Um, Dan Lawrence has opened in uh, Sri Lanka with Dom Sibley. Sibley looks okay. He looks steady. He's had an off test here. My my hunch is because Johnny Bairstow has come into the squad, uh, he's available, and so is Mark yes. Wood. I would think they would replace um, Rory Burns with Johnny Bairstow in the 11. And then Dan Lawrence would open and Johnny Bester would come in at number three. He's he's used to playing a newish ball. And uh, at least in the white ball cricket, he's done very well. I don't think he'll go out to open. That's a different ball game altogether. But he would actually probably come in at number three, what they tried out in Sri Lanka already. This is my prediction, at least. And um, if you look at their innings, right, from four for 38 was going to be tough. You needed somebody, you needed root or Ben Stokes to play one of those amazing, amazing innings that they always do. Root had already failed, so it fell on Ben Stokes and Ollie Pop, right? So one of these two had to hang in, score a dotty 70-80, take England to maybe 200 in the bigger picture. They mm-hmm. couldn't. The only guy that looked really comfortable was Ben Fox, uh, the guy who I think should be in every test England place. No matter who is the other middle-order batsman, he should take the gloves. This is my personal opinion, because his glove work was beautiful. Really beautiful, yes. right? I mean, yes. Pant has improved. Pant has improved, but this—you could see this is the next level when it came to glove work and following the ball with his hands. Fantastic! I was—I was very happy to see the way Fokes kept throughout this test, and also he top scored for England in the first innings, 42 unbeaten. Their tail pretty much the same problem as India's tail. Nobody willing to hang on. Probably Moin Ali again thought. First innings he'll try to block it. Second innings his approach was right, going after runs, knowing there's nothing to lose. The match is gone, right? Maybe if he had shown the same cavalier approach, considering he played 30 balls in the first innings, maybe he wouldn't have lasted 30 balls. But maybe he could have gotten 30 runs for England. Made some difference, I'm thinking. Yes, maybe, maybe. Interesting, interesting. You think uh, England should bring should bring Berso back at number three? Because I don't think he really is that good at. At Test cricket, um, his his average is somewhere around 30. Um, they always try to make him the English David Warner, mm. Mm. Um, and it's never worked out. It's never worked out. I don't know if if they really want to try Bairstow at number three in in place of Burns. In the right. next test, I don't think so. I mean, one thing you could say is that because the, it's going to be a more of a swinging condition, they're going to play with the ping ball, they're going to play yes. day night, right? And usually, day night cricket, we've seen 250 is a reasonable score in any innings. So that means it's it's going to be more of a fast bowling heavy conditions and it's going to be bowling friendly. I mean, that's, I, I don't know what to expect. It's Motera. It's the first time it's hosting a test. They've played some T20s there. And what I've read is the pitch is going to be very even. But mm. given that you're playing late at night and with the pink ball, there's going to be more swing. And yes, so you have to make the most of the first half of the day in each day. right? The moment the sort of light goes down and the artificial lights take over, the balls start moving around. right? And the pink ball doesn't have the same longevity as the red ball. So... In a sense, probably the bowlers are sort of liberated that they get uh, probably a chance to exploit reverse swing earlier. And they know there is a very good chance this ball will not go 80 overs. It's going to be scrapped after 60. Let's go all out with it. 
even when it comes to maintenance and keeping the shape and keeping the yes. uh, shine on one side more right they would probably still shine one side no doubt about it I mean coming back to this test look yeah i think you are right bearstow probably tries to fashion himself as english english david warner i mean frankly david warner is uh, a level higher or another category higher because um, or for me at least he's of a different class simply because he's won test matches on his own back on his own back because third innings when he comes to bat or fourth innings when he comes to bat you see the difference uh, bearstow has not yet been able to make that sort of a difference for england yes. at least in tests Right. And that's that's why that's my that's my point. This is why I think England won't replace Rory Burns with Johnny Bairstow in the playing eleven anytime soon. All right, interesting. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Right. You might very well be right. Uh, Burns might be given a chance as a traditional opener, who's used to facing the swinging ball early in English conditions. Right. That that might give him the chance ahead of Bairstow. Let's see. because they are missing somebody who can sort of take the momentum away from the bowlers that's what i see bears to being able to do because so far ben stocks has looked off color he's not yet played even one comfortable knock he he played an 80 in the first test we know it but that yes. was when jorut was going really smooth on the other end right the pressure was off when the pressure is on is when you have ben stocks coming in being able to deliver those tough innings which make a huge difference as far as his team is concerned right even i told you a tough 40 sometimes a tough 60 will give you a lot that's what yes. stokes can do he's not yet been able to deliver that when you look at that when you look at all this i just think they they could use someone so again you have ollie pope who's who did not make a big contribution in this test but i think he's one for the future no doubt but he can be this slightly tougher grittier bell they say same class the way he plays the way he looks but slightly more grittier i'm hoping because i i love dn bell but i would like i would have like to have him win more matches for england i hope ollie pope can transform to that right yeah but at least in this case in completely alien conditions i don't see him scoring that you know that 100 right from 5 so that's why i think maybe you could have uh, bears to come in because there there is some rhythm to the way that he plays and uh, him root Stokes, this is sort of the fulcrum of the English one-day setup, which is so successful. Maybe they are trying to just replicate it. I mean, going to the Indian bowling analysis, Ishan Sharma did a wonderful job, as you rightly pointed out, first with the new ball, and then when he came back, when the ball was about 40, 42 years old, when he got a chance again, he did beautifully well, got a lot of reverse swing. Mohammad Siraj again used very cleverly. All he bowled was five overs. He took one wicket for five runs, bowled four maidens, right? Just very incisive. Uh, i think indian yes. skippers these days last 5 to 8 years they have become very clever in using their fast bowlers i mean why i'm saying this is now shardul thakur has been pulled out and uh, umesh yadav has been put back in the 11 another impact bowler who will give you maybe 12 15 overs of very fast bowling right and who knows along with bumrah if he comes back into the 11 on uh, ishant will stay ishant will probably play his 100th but then these yes. two if they come back into so. the 11 it will be fantastic or so that siraj might return his place so all all of these are com- combinations uh, ashwin man he opened the bowling in both the innings he knew it was his pitch his home right went right through england as if knife through butter in both the innings right at least he looked a bit tired in the second innings fourth innings of the game he looked a bit tired so at least that has to be given he just came mm-hmm. off 100 but amazing bowling amazing control what i saw 
he made sure the batters had to play the ball a lot more even the left handers couldn't let the ball go you know being a right hander considering that yeah. he bowls both types of balls he bowls a good top spinner he bowls a good carom ball people are a bit afraid even but then even left handers weren't comfortable leaving him that was fantastic to see i mean that's why i think he got so many wickets 5 5 for 43 fantastic bowling and it was not like 5 for 43 of 10 overs it was 23 and a half overs 24 overs almost fantastic control akshar patel what a difference to this 11 do you agree that akshar patel has made a huge difference to this 11 or maybe you have a different opinion on him yes of course of course i mean he um he denied ashwin his five for Um, nah. in the in the in the fourth in the fourth innings if you want to be so cruel right to call it like that um no actually um akshar patel um had a very very good debut and um he has every right to be in this 11 of course i mean he brings that balance that jadeja offers look if jadeja is in the squad you know who will be playing with ashwin right these both have won enough matches yes. and kuldeep is your let's say the he's a, he's the wild card on his day he'll give you four four five wickets in a matter of 10 hours or 40 40 50 runs to the opposition depending on how he goes but he's a risk spinner they are usually tough i think he he took his time to get into the rhythm of test cricket again in the first innings the other two are doing all the damage along with the faster bowlers it, towards the fag end of the fourth innings of the game you saw a bit of the real kuldeep the one where yes. the ball dips just before it reaches the batters and they are sort of just playing a little too early for the ball and he got two wickets right so that was very good for me to see um i'm i'm hoping i'm a big fan of respinners by the way i i'm one myself but it's a tough art but what i think is that respinners need to be given this opportunity they can be true match winners right i think amit mishra matured beautifully but but he was almost nearly out of the indian selection scope by then he he matured very very well amit mishra towards the end of his career once he turned 33 34 he didn't get so many chances because you always had ashwin and uh, Uh, jadeja even in india but what i see is i'm really hoping kuldeep comes into his own and he gets this confidence where in a spell where he's not successful he's at least able to keep the runs down i mean what differentiates a warn from a mcgill or anybody else right i remember warn warn not bowling a full toss in an entire spell sometimes and for a leg break bowler that's that's very tough to do right i mean that's fantastic so not everybody can be warn but if kuldeep can finish like a stuart magill i'd be very happy right magill took yes. wickets in a bunches when he was bowling well and then he gave away a lot same for yasir shah these days yes and and um in i've i've heard a lot about about um kuldeep not being selected in the test squad um because his economy is so bad um over the last weeks and his economy in this test was pretty good it was 2. 38 something like that mm-hmm. it, it it wasn't it wasn't that bad um people were afraid he had been found out and um he put taken to the cleaners and no he didn't get to they didn't slog him around he kept the runs down he didn't take that many wickets okay but he kept the runs down no absolutely so look I'm really hoping he gets more goes. I don't see him playing in Motera. It's very tough because it's going to be seamer friendly conditions at least. That's the expectation. Probably. So we might even go in with just one spinner. We being India, India might just go in with one spinner, Ashwin and but because yes. uh, he likes his balance and Pandya is not yet ready to start, I think they might still play Akshar Patel 
but kuldeep will definitely be not playing and he'll give his position to a fast man i'm expecting probably bumrah right so if you were to take a look at india second innings well they started well they their intent was to just keep scoring runs they were far enough ahead of the game if they scored 200 they knew the game was out of england's hands yes i mean some mm. commentators and some neutral pundits felt 150 would have been enough i always say these days nobody takes that risk remembering what happened in so many tests of recent past last one to two months some crazy scores being chased in the fourth innings i think india were in a bit of trouble at 55 for 3 when rohit sharma got out immediately after cheteshwar pujara before we go any further ahead i mean what's with pujara free uh, dismissals twice in two tests once getting caught off the shoulder of the guy at square leg uh, ball bowling to wicket this time dropping the bat while coming back into the crease that was so unfortunate when i saw it yes that was a freaky yeah i mean he's he's bound to come good but some nerves for pujara do you see no i don't i don't think um it's nerves it's i think he did his job he 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 stayed out there for a relatively long time he doesn't score that fast but he stays out there he blunts the ball he makes the bowlers bowl a lot of balls and i think that's his job and he did that so i don't have a problem with him not making a huge score every two three innings as long as he stays out there for a relatively long time right um that's his role and his role has been highlighted enough and how much positive it has turned out for india he, i hope he discovers yes. his mojo once he go, goes back to very close to his own home when he goes to motera he he, he discovers his mojo and him and kohli put on some big runs right so shubman yeah. gill has done well so far rohit sharma has at least had one beginnings we are missing that one big one from both pujara and kohli at least kohli made sure when the team was down here they also promoted the hitters ahead of the let's say more uh, steady batsmen so pant was sent in ahead of ajinkya and then akshar was sent in ahead of ashwin right yes and that, that's how it turned out at 5 for 86 it could have all I mean india could have become all out at 130 I mean, that's a possibility right but then what i really liked is the rare guard kohli built kohli took a lot of balls out of the game he was scoring at less than 40, 45 even which is unfamiliar for him I mean, if it's yes. somebody else, we understand mm-hmm. strike rate of 40 is not uncommon. He stayed around the 40 run strike rate mark throughout his innings. He made sure he stuck around for three hours plus. He knew if he batted three hours, the team will bat three hours. That sort of context. Really nice to see both in this test as well as in the first test, Kohli coming up with rare guards. So he's always been the guy who sets the agenda, right? He comes in at three or four. Somebody has set it, uh, set it up. He takes it and kicks it, kicks it into the goal, so to say, in a footballing parlance. In this case, he's the defender. He's the defender who's just in uh, front of the goalie and he's playing absolute rare guard and that was very nice for me to see his evolution as a test cricketer here both in the first test and in the second test very valuable 50s and then of course ashwin's 100 there's not enough praise for this 100 as far as i am concerned because he not only scored very quickly ensuring that the pressure was off kohli they both didn't go into the shell so from 5 for 86 by the time or even 6 for 106 by the time kohli was dismissed india had already the game in the back more or less certainly because it was 200 and they had batted for 29 overs or 28 overs and a change but then they had added almost 100 runs so that was fantastic fantastic rate of scoring i think ashwin came out a bit loose he played a lot of sweeps very unconventional shot as far as he's concerned 
he's more uh, classical he yes. go to the pitch sort of a guy but he played a lot of sweeps used his long reach i think they had a talk with him the bowling co- the batting coaches before the day's play or before he went out to bat he used his reach he's a tall guy he used his reach well he swept a lot of balls both front and behind square very good but i think he was a little loose and i think at some point in time when he was in his 20s i think he got a talking to from kohli to knuckle down a bit more you could see it you could see it in the body language that was a talking a talking yeah. to right and then he sort of focused he went in a bit more hard this was i think after t on day 3 and they played beautifully and that sort of set it up the game was beautifully set up and then the moment kohli got out ashwin realized he has enough but he needs to go a bit faster again that change of gears happened smoothly he was given four lives i think all in all uh, i think first of those lives was when he was in his 20s dropped on dropped on 23 and on 29 i think but then he made most of it i mean who writes down how many t- times you were dropped all they write down is you scored 100 right <laughs> and that's what happened he finished with 100 and he was the last man out again he made sure the tail hung around i think mohammad siraj is making a case to be promoted ahead of <laughs> in some cases even ishan sharma right yes and that's nice that's nice to see and siraj made sure he got ashwin to 100 he got in when ashwin was 77 not out but he made sure he hung around long enough by the time he himself scored 16 runs that was very nice to see right i mean i thought that that additional 50 runs that india scored put a lot of mental pressure on england it's not going to be easy to chase 350 forget it it's now 450 forget it, it's 480 right something like this that's what they were looking to do and they achieved it that was very nice to see yes i think i think um in a in a game where you where your where your whole team scores 130 odd in the first innings um it doesn't really matter how much the the second team scores in the third innings it's it looks really really bad no that I, i think that's a problem they were really far behind after the first innings so um india scoring only what was it around 50 runs less mm. in the second mm. in their second innings than they did in their first um that was really the thing that played on england's mind i think i think that was the goal as well yes of course all the stock of pitch being bad blah blah probably was was heard by those in the dressing room or those that monitor these things as a result they made sure probably this message was passed on in india batted out 180 overs which is sort of normal given many test test matches right these days nearly two full days they batted out that's fantastic so when we look at england's england's bowling analysis leech did equally well four in the second innings along with ali ali sort of became a little better when it comes to his um, economy rate but nonetheless i mean they were bowling at a team that was just looking to score quickly right so this in this case economy mm-hmm. rate does not matter but he took four wickets again so eight wickets in the game for him he was trying to prove a point as far as his captain was concerned right and also those of them that wanted to keep him out of the squad for him being not good enough coming to helpful conditions he took eight, eight wickets right and then again all stone finished the innings off um or stuart broad really didn't look too too good i mean with uh, ben fox standing up that looked heroic actually frankly for somebody stuart broad is not 
medium pace. He still bowls 135, 138. And even in these conditions where he won't run in, yes. he bowls a heavy ball, I think. That, that was very good keeping by folks. Again, when I saw it, I think there was a very tough chance of Ashwin. Uh, tough edge. It's nearly impossible to catch one of those. If you're standing up, he dropped it. Yes, yes. yes. Some of the some of the chances um, of Ashwin were very, very tough chances. Um, the problem the problem is not if you drop one or two catches the problem is uh if you don't if you don't score any 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 runs for your team um i think because then your drop catches matter that's the problem well summarized i would say <laughs> so again they were facing a yeah, huge target for 82 it was not going to happen it was clear it was a point of whether they can take some confidence going into the third test right so whether they can prove it to themselves these are tough conditions we don't care we're going to stay we're going to fight right that was that was going to be the gameplay at least as far as i was concerned mm-hmm. and how many wickets they could save going into the fourth day give themselves a chance of at least batting out most of the fourth day right but then it it looked tough because they were you know 55 for 3 at the end of um, third day because 50 for 3 even because it looks like jack leach was sent up as a night watchman not a, not a bad move but he couldn't survive he flicked one straight to backward square leg backward short leg right and then burns sort of started a bit brightly i think he had the right idea so as long as you keep scoring the more time you take the better you feel and then slowly you know your touch comes back he was he was sort of going with that approach at least ishan sharma was attacked i remember and then ashwin didn't start off aksar patel got the new ball because ashwin was a bit tired from his 100 right And Akshar Patel made the most of it. He got the first breakthrough, and then also the first, let's say, the most important breakthroughs in this case, Joe Root, right? And then Ashwin, of course, couldn't be kept out of the game for too long. Again, Dan Lawrence, I think, had come up with the same strategy: go after it, go score some runs, get some confidence going, right? Attack the spinners, get their lengths off. And he even hit a couple of sixes. I remember, came down the pitch, and then whacked it. Yes, and and I think. What what else what else is there to do um, if you are scoring over four hundred um, on the end of the third day? You're set four hundred to win. What else can you do? I would say a very nuggety old school one run and over sort of a play would not be a miss, right? I mean, you are you are taking a risk of being eighty all out. I know I know what you mean. Yes, yes, you take that risk. And the idea is to get to fortieth over. Get to the 40th over. If you are 40 for two, you've done a lot, right? Instead of being all out for 164 in 54 overs, if you go to the 40th over, 42nd over, you are 50 for two or something, you have done enough. Then you can play out 100 overs. That will give you the confidence, right? Okay. Joe Root was fluent. Okay. I mean, but he had to have a couple of low scores somewhere in this tour, right? He's been scoring 600 odd runs in three tests. He had to somewhere not score. Unfortunately, it was <laughs> this game, right? and then i think patel did the job always jadeja does in the second batting innings of the opposition he keeps very strict lines he makes it very tough he lets the pitch do all the you know the strange things or at least at least if you remember there is this joke right which is the most threatening ball jadeja bowls a straight ball because all the batsmen are thinking this is going to spit off the pitch this is going to turn rag of the pitch like from outside leg stump out to the six stump outside off and it's a straight ball and they just nick it to slip or nick it to square leg short square leg or something like this right so he did that role to perfection right he took a five four 
and as you say probably he denied ashwin a 54 and a 104 and a 100 in the game right that would have been fantastic but then what i really liked is moinali a bit more enterprise i think he was making a statement there i think he got what he wanted at the end of the game when the english let's say the selectorial panel somebody spoke to him asked him to stay back yeah he he made he made the highest score for mm-hmm. for for england in the match mm-hmm. uh and he took the most wickets precisely not the worst but i can understand that he wants to go home um he's had a tough tour he's had a covid infection um he was out of out of the games in in sri lanka because of that and it was agreed upon that he would go home after this test so i don't know how long he's been in in any any bio bubbles um continuously but i can understand that he wants to go home and take a break from from everything he was he was promised that he's owed that that's not the point yes my my perspective is when you are on when you are required by the team you stay back but then you sacrifice something else you go home maybe after the third test or you say let's take a call on this at the end of third test if i do well if i continue to do well i would like to continue playing test cricket because there's nothing more important than doing well for your team his place in the limited overs team i don't think is so much in danger as his place in the test team you are coming on the back of as you say the highest score both with the bat and the most number of wickets maybe you can extend by one one test right maybe he heard something else maybe because he himself is not the number one spinner in this team maybe he may not play in motera then the point of staying is lost right but if he had any chance of playing in motera if and if i were moinali i would stay back i would make a case that i play in motera even if required as a batsman who can bowl a bit right because he looked in touch at the end of the day that means your test career is getting extended you are getting a chance to do something with the bat let's never forget this guy has a 160 in tests right he can bat god knows he can bat so uh, what i would do is i would play the third test but i would take a couple of one day years off so i would go back home i would spend maybe a couple of days less than i had intended come back to india but then miss a couple of one days maybe an entire leg maybe the entire odi leg so to say if i'm not wrong they play both odis and t20s so make some some sort of an adjustment where you get because you're in a hot streak you convert it now but then you still take your break yeah i think i think under normal under normal circumstances this is probably what i would have done in moin's place but these are not normal circumstances and all the bio bubble stuff yeah i i get it um under these circumstances living in bubbles and um not being able to take time off a few for a few days but always at big chunks at a time i can understand that he said okay we agreed that i will go home after the second test and i will go home i can i can i can see that under these circumstances I think you would have a, you would have a point if uh, if the situation were more normal then you would absolutely have a point but I don't think I can I can fault Moeen for going home I I can't all in all a comfortable victory for India I mean all the 10 wickets in the second innings taken by spinners Akshar a debut 5-4 right yes and then Kuldeep chipping in with a couple of wickets Ashwin getting three more right wonderful wonderful performance by Ashwin if you look at the bigger picture here india have sort of gained whatever ground they had conceded to england 
at the beginning when they lost so so comfortably they have won it in a traditional way where it's supposed to make your opponents feel what's going on here it's completely slipped out of our hands right again wonderful comeback from india just like how what they did in um australia and given the bigger picture of the world test championship i think they'll take the results that they took away from australia a 2-1 victory right in the series yes. that means they'll qualify do you see any other by plays that might happen do you see a chance that england might come back now if you were to look at motera it's a fast bowling friendly place yes it's interesting that's interesting the problem the problem for um for england is if they take if they really take their pace attack they take archer they pick broad and they pick anderson they weaken their batting even more mm-hmm. broad broad could hold a bat once upon a time then he met varan aron Archer <laughs> Archer is said to to be pretty good with the bat in first class cricket. I haven't seen it in tests yet. And Anderson yes, he's he's played two good innings. Two. One is a partnership with Broad and the other the other is in Cardiff. And that's it. That's it. With my Monty. <laughs> I remember. I remember both. Look, I can tell you how it can happen. Right? we have to check how good ben stokes is how comfortable he feels bowling 20 overs a day okay let's because this is probably a four day test we can't mm-hmm. be sure it can be a five day test maybe it's a four day test so you think like that right maybe you have to bowl two days of 20 overs each so 40 overs 45 overs in the test you mm-hmm. drop all stone you give that place to archer you drop moin ali you give that place to I'm tempted to say Anderson if Anderson is fully fit because there's nothing like Anderson and Broad, right? They will come good. And then can you imagine Broad, Anderson, and Gorse Jofra Archer? And then you have your one spinner who's uh, Jack Leach, and then Ben Stokes will share a bit of that load, right? When the time is uh, when the time really require comes through, he can sh- share that load. And what I already predicted, Rory Burns to go out, Johnny Bairstow to come in, and that would be for me the English team. that can play in motera right but you say you say the same top 3 yeah probably if only to not undermine their confidence probably um i don't see i don't see johnny bersto coming back into the test team to be honest i don't i don't see him coming back okay we'll see but that's let's say my prediction for india it would be they would be tempted to go with the same squad but you know they'll say never break a winning 11 but i think three spinners on that pitch would be a super super flush it would be very much above what is required so kohli always likes five bowlers they don't have hardik pandya as we already discussed i would say at this in this 11 kuldeep would give us place to mm-hmm. jasprit bumrah and that's it then the rest of the squad will be the same right 10 people would retain their spots kuldeep yadav would be replaced by jasprit bumrah that's it but if either one of ishan sharma or mohammad siraj don't feel up to it umesh yadav is waiting and ready uh, we hear shami is training but i don't think he's ready for test cricket yet shani shami is back training but he's not ready for test cricket that is what i expect the india squad to be do you see any other changes or do you disagree first of all first of all um let's see if if kohli uh, is not is not banned for the test because of the merit points oops i missed this point Yes, he, he 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 argued he argued with the umpires during this test, and he might get demerit points right. for that. 
bringing him up to a one test ban that might be a problem right. um if he if he doesn't get any demerit points the only thing where we might disagree is i might actually select umesh yadav in place of aksha patel oh because during during the last during the last day night test he got a lot of swing with the pink ball yes against bangladesh he got a lot of swing and um if you say that um swing bowlers and seam bowlers during a pink pink ball test uh, because of the conditions um during the twilight hours it might actually be feasible to bowl ishant and umesh and bumrah as a as a pace attack that just doesn't concede any runs and bowls oppositions out in double digits wow <laughs> wow brave one, one spinner to hold up the other end brave brave prediction Done. i must say <laughs> no but you could be right you could be 100% right here because kohli could very well go that way knowing that kohli comes up with this ultra attacking mindset yes he could very well do that let's let's go to the scenario that kohli himself has lost a place he's forced to sit out who would you see coming uh, to take his place in the 11 interesting um i probably i might actually include hanuma vihari in that case hmm. i think uh, vihari is still out injured oh yes oh, okay yes well hmm kl rahul is in the squad yes but i but i yeah actually i i quite I might might actually like him more in the middle order than opening the innings. Okay. Yes, I could go with KL Rahul. If you go with like for like replacements, I would rather replace a middle order batsman with Rahul than Mayank who played in the middle order previously, right? Because of all the injuries. Yeah, okay. For me he would be the replacement. But now before we wrap up this segment, yes. give me a prediction about the test in Motera and the rest of the series for you. What sort of a scoreline do you see? I hope it's um 2-1 scoreline for India. I hope they win the next test because it's it would be Ishan's 100th if they select him. Yeah, I hope I hope 2-1 with a hard fought draw in the fourth. Mm, interesting. That would be that would be interesting because it would it would mean um that everything is on the line in the fourth test. because india need to win 2 to 1 mm. to advance to the world test championship final and i think it would uh it would be very exciting to see to see a hard fought test in the fourth test in the fourth test i think that would be very exciting to see so i agree with you on that one that i expect india to take the first match in motera and it will be 2 1 and I think it will be a closer game than we expect. It will not be a walkover. England will come back really hard yeah. and India might just sneak it or they may win it by 30 40 runs, not like they'll win it by 300 runs, right? Or they no. may win it by 3 wickets, something like this, right? So mm-hmm. that's my prediction and when it comes to the rest of the series it really it really depends on how both the teams turn up for me, but I have a feeling India will take the series 3-1. it's it's about it's it's a prediction i made before the series as well okay and i would say the last test would go pretty much like what happened in this 
second test. I think that pitch will be probably a little bit more spin friendly. Okay. That's my prediction. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, that's yeah. how it goes. <laughs> right? Now, I think we spent a considerable amount of time on that test, but it deserved it. But another yes. one of those tests, which we need to discuss in certain amount of length, maybe not as long as the first one, yes. is this amazing, amazing test match and amazing series that just finished between Bangladesh and West Indies. West Indies winning the second test by 17 runs. Good God. Did you get a chance to follow that? Yes, um, only on ball by ball. Um, but uh, it was a nail biter. It was a nail biter. Very, very good test match. I mean, um, in the in the second innings, uh, Rakim Cornwall took um, a fifer. He took eight eight in the in the match. He was he was outstanding. Um, after after every West Indies fan um, gave up and said, "Okay, this is not a target we can defend." He really did it. Mm-hmm. He did it. And and of course I know it's heartbreaking to to Bangladesh to lose this series. Um, Mehidi made a made a made a ton in a losing cause. Uh, Mominul Ulhak made a made a made a ton in a losing cause. But on the other hand, this West Indies team is not their their first choice eleven. It's maybe their C team. Mm-hmm. And and for them to win away from home is pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. We should not start talking about this is the new dawn of West Indies cricket. They had too many false dawns to call it that. But mm. it was a pretty good series. No, you're absolutely right. That at least they discovered a couple of real heroes. I think that innings by Myers, it's going to remain in the top five of many people's lists, uh, many books lists, many companies lists. For me, really, there have ever only been two double hundreds in the winning cause in the fourth innings of a game, and both have been by West Indians away from home. That tells you something about the mindset, I guess. One is by okay. Desmond Haynes on one leg, the other by Kyle Myers. Yeah. I, I almost followed the last part mostly on radio. And it was fantastic. He kept hitting clean hits. Bangladesh ran out of ideas. And he had the tail, more or less, for company. Almost. Right? He had Joshua De Silva, who I think scored very important runs again in the second test. Right? And when you come back to this test, I think where West Indies set up the game so beautifully was the way their middle order simply refused to give up. They kept scoring runs. What they did was, I mean, Bonner set it up. They had a decent start. And then a little bit of a uh, Shane Mosley had a series to forget, unfortunately. He could he couldn't yes. this is a this is number three's probably Hetmeyer's place. And I don't think that's in danger. Right. And John Campbell, I think, has done just enough that he'd be given one more series. He's always in the like last chance saloon. He again just did enough so that you can't drop him. And Kluma Bonner, I, I see this guy as really special. Even once Chase yes. comes back, Chase is usually five or six, right? And Darren Bravo's sort of career is slowly dwindling down to a halt. So even if those two come back, I would say Kyle Myers versus Darren Bravo, but Antuma Bonner will stay. I would like to see him stay at 4 or 5. Fantastic. He did the right fulcrum's role 
in the middle of that order made sure he built partnerships first with blackwood blackwood threw it away again i yeah. thought because i, no, I thought no. he'll score a 50 or more but at least that was important he got completely out against run of play i mean from uh, so 178 for 5 it could have been 250 all out again for west indies right that's where you have your keeper again another fulcrum around which alzari joseph did the scoring right and kruma bonner yes. very unlucky to miss out on 100 alzari joseph again alzari showed joseph right five yeah. clean hits 82 clean hits and a, a lot of resolute blocking i mean what did you think of this partnership joshua de silva and alzari joseph alzari alzari joseph um really really grew um as a batsman i think since the last time i saw him which was against if i remember correctly i the last i saw of him was against india in the caribbean yeah um and um here he made 82 uh which i think is his high score in test cricket um it is yeah yes very 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 well played by by Alzari Joseph and Nkrumah Bonner was really good and I heard I heard a lot of people calling for Roston Chase to be dropped actually mm-hmm. because there are people coming through the West Indies pipeline into the test team and Roston Chase has had a few very good performances mostly against england in 2019 but now they have a have another spinner they have um they have rakim conwell who can also hold a bat and who can actually bowl so yeah hmm. i think it was a very good tour for for west indies fans and it gave us as hard as it is for bangladeshi fans it gave us another amazing piece of ian bishop commentary oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> in the in the end to, to rival remember the name indeed the emotion in the voice it stay with us fans right yes at the end of the game look i agree with you that in rakim conwell they found a really good spinner but what chase brings to the team are two things he scores tough runs for me Okay. he scores runs when the team really need it when they are with their backs to the wall he has two fourth innings hundreds by the way one of which saved the game so that's yes. not stuff you write yes. off because along with that he bowls he has an 84 probably if i'm a bit unkind the most undeserved 84 but the point is he he brings a balance it's very tough to drop a player like that because he'll give you 10 to 12 overs These days the western indian pitchers are not what they used to be at some point in time where you could go with four full fast bowlers and Roston chase to hold one end up right they need somebody who could bowl few more overs no. so i would say conwall should probably be in every starting 11 in the west indies tests going forward irrespective of his bulk his lack of being able to chase a running ball men look he's good he's really good his skills with the ball are really good he showed it again in helpful conditions He's a beast in the slips though. Oh yeah. For a big guy he's so agile. He stands like in backwards square leg, backward short leg, slip leg slip. My god, he's good. He's definitely good. But also the point is with the ball he's he's just good. I think he showed it here. Lot of control. They never they never stopped believing in West Indies because look, Bangladesh did all right. 
they also counter counter punched tamim scored 44 rahim 54 litan das and mehdi hasan made a lot of difference because at that point in time they were they were in danger of giving west indies probably a 150 160 run lead the match would have been over right but they fought back of course and what i liked was conwall being plugging away taking a 54 and gabriel coming out of nowhere with these like really really hostile spells i think he shook the bones of some people some of the batters really really fast he did his job he retained his place rightly and he did that exact thing what he was picked to do scare the batsman a little right a couple of really really beautiful spells yeah. i really loved watching it and then once that is done you know bangladesh were okay they were definitely behind the eight ball but west indies in their second innings i think they let themselves down a little warner again a very crucial 38 if west indies were all out 80 or 90 that would have been a huge huge thing for bangladesh going into bat it's not just in terms of those 30 or 40 runs less it would have brought the target under 200 that psychological target right psychological margin you say yes. 180 will do it isn't 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 the 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 real the real target 250 230ish i think i think i think 230 no no i mean i mean i mean the um the target that basically means statistically you lose is 250 hmm the real target was 231 i think i understand what you say i think you mean with the modern rate of scoring probably 200 has become 250 in the fourth innings teams don't feel comfortable with 200 anymore it has to be 250 that's when they say ah now we have enough that we can bowl the opposition out right yes yes um the the real the real break point in 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 run chases is 250 um there are not that many targets over 250 that are being chased it's it's about 20% of all um successful chases are over 250 i think something like that mm-hmm. you could be absolutely right but they had 230 I mean that was probably 20 runs or 25 runs more than they deserved <laughs> they played in the second innings <laughs> I saw some of those dismissals I mean giving wickets to the way Warrickan and Kyle Myers also the hero of the first test the way he got out I was not very amused also I think Shane mostly got out trying to play a ball trying to hit out and then Alzari Joseph um, when Joshua Dissel was playing these two they could have added another 30 40 runs taken the target beyond 250 your psychological mark what you just said right I think they they, they mm-hmm. were a bit profligate, and Bangladesh did right. I think Abu Jayad justified his selection, six wickets in the game, right? But then when they came out to bat, you were right. The game was so evenly in the balance. I would say it had sl- slightly tipped towards Bangladesh even, right? Considering that the it way Tamim Iqbal began, he had the right idea. What your David Warner does, right? Or in the in previous times, Sehwag did. These days, Rahul Rohit Sharma would probably try to do. Take it off. Take eighty or hundred of it in no time. and then the opposition is so demoralized demoralized you are having a chance to recover yourself even if you lose a wicket or two right that's exactly what he tried to do yes 59 for one sonder sarkar had a very a middling sort of a test he couldn't really do much i would have expected if he had put on a 30 30 more runs or just even 30 runs in the second innings they would have won the game there because tamim was going steady if that got into 80 for no loss the game was done mm. for me right yes from 59 for one maybe you would like to take us through what happened the rest of the innings well it's uh, it was basically in the end it was the um rakim conwell show hmm. if i remember correctly or do i do i um 
confuse it with the first you remember correct with the first test look rakin conwall bowled almost unchanged 30 overs yes he he bowled he bowled he bowled the whole the whole innings unchanged from one end and um took five wickets in the end four um second innings four, four in the second innings he missed out on a 10 for actually ah, yes very unlucky oh yeah okay but i mean i yes. would like to give a lot of credit to jomel warikan as well the other spinner who sort of took out the middle order mominul yes. haq mushfiqur rahim because look once they sort of stopped and started their number 3 nazmul hosain shant also didn't do anything in the series of note right that meant it falls back on this you know the experienced people mominul haq mushfiqur rahim mohammad mithun didn't look comfortable i i would have probably backed him to go after it maybe in the when the number of runs required was sort of set you had to sort of go after it maybe but then i think jamal warikan did wonderfully well because at some point in time because rakim conwall had taken a bit of stick at the beginning when tamim uh, ball went after him right and the 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 master yes. stroke was craig brathwaite bowling himself he took both the openers out out of nowhere yes you should see he's like you know what they call donkey drops literally the ball that just goes all the way up and comes all the way down literally he's flighting the ball beautifully the balls are literally landing <laughs> in the crease and i think bangladesh was sort of confused what is he doing is he actually giving me a ball to hit is that a full toss or is it going to dip on me it sort of played with their mind or something they thought he was better than he was probably so he took both the openers out right that was very crucial and jamal warikan who sort of pitched in with the middle order wickets and then rakim kanwal kept going right then he took out mohammad mithun who looked sort of he didn't know whether to block or attack that was that was unfortunate to see litan das looked like he could get on litan das and medhi hasan again just like the first innings they threatened to take it away from west indies right and unfortunately there i think i give a lot of credit to kanwal he continued to maintain the pressure that warikan got one of the wickets and then medhi hasan steps in wonderful theater right so Mominul gets out at 147 for six. You think it's West Indies game here? 153 for seven. Litton Das, you're like ah done. 163 for eight, definitely done. Now it's over. They are 190 all out. I remember telling this to my roommate while we were following it together, and then going and making a tea or something. And then Naim Hasan scored some brave runs, but then I think he chose the wrong sort of ball to attack. He underestimated Craig Brathwaite again. That golden arm, one more wicket, right? Then you say it's a matter of time. No. Mehdi has not given up. He really bravely attacked both Conwall and Warikan. He looked to hit one boundary ball, one boundary every over, tried to steal the strike of the last over. Just he he had decided if I do it for five to six overs, we are going to win, and very literally he achieved it. He did yes. it for three or four overs, yes. and they took like twenty twenty two runs. What I like to give credit is West Indian think tank, the captain, the senior players, probably the coach. They didn't panic. They said, you know what, let him do it. Let him do it. All we want is. one bad shot right and sometimes it can go against you but then he played that one shot too many and it was rakim conwall who took the catch by the way yes and uh, i think i think a lot of a lot of credit to to the west indies team who uh, as i said are not their first choice team there's no jason holder in there craig brathwaite was was the captain the captaincy was taken away from him after um a poor run of run of results and given to holder and now holder is out of the side so they fall back to 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 brathwaite and he stands up and i can respect that 
No, I agree with you. Like as a captain, I think he was wonderful. He played only one impactful innings in the series. The first uh, test, it was all about Bonner and Myers. Second test, it was all about Bonner. Period. And Joshua De Silva. I think in Joshua De Silva and Alzari mm-hmm. Joseph, they have found the fulcrum of a very very good team going forward. These both are very young, early twenties. They have ten years of good test cricket ahead of them if they remain fit and firing, right? And they both are very very useful cricketers. What I really yeah. saw was the application Joshua De Silva showed in both the tests with the bat, and he's decent behind the stumps at this point in time. He's not really good, right? So what I see is, I am not going to use the word dawn, false, real, not anymore. But all I'm going to say is they have unearthed the few people that can carry the rest of this team. How the results will come will really depend on the application of the rest of the team as well. But. I'm really happy to see that Westinghouse have found some really, yes. really good people that can stay in the team for part of a decade, best part of a decade, if possible, right? And they can they can take Cornwall himself. He's mm-hmm. 28, but he's a strong man. I see him playing eight to nine years of Test cricket if he's allowed. And he's a spinner. And then you have Holder coming back. You have Gabriel who has at least two to three more years, good years. You have Roach probably similar, right? Uh, you have Joseph ready to yes. sort of take it on once yes. these both are. done whenever their time comes i see there's a lot of things going ahead greg brathwaite has at least two to three more good seasons if he can convert it to five or six great it might be john campbell it might be somebody else it might be darren bravo it might be myers blackwood is a fighter what i see is he has an unconventional approach to test cricket it's block block whack which is not normal for test cricket that's how he plays but he's a fighter in the first no. innings he had a couple of good knocks this test he made a couple of crucial 20s all i can say is this is a really good this this can be a really really good 11 no matter where they play that's all i would like to say when it comes to uh, what i see positive for west indies for bangladesh any any silver lining at all for you it wasn't i actually didn't think it was that bad that uh, probably a bad they had a bad series obviously um but i think the general the pressure bangladesh don't play that many test series um i think it played a bit on their mind the general situation um um the west indians didn't come didn't bring their a team because of um the covid situation and um the whole nation the, the eyes of everyone being on them probably didn't help um i don't think it's necessary to um launder your dirty laundry uh, to air your dirty laundry in the press conference as the pcb mm, yeah board chairman did i don't think that's necessary uh the captain and um and the coach i don't think that was necessary um bangladesh did not play horrible they were just beaten by a better team i think you were right i think the, what i saw was a difference in the captaincy approaches i think craig brathwaite outdid his counterpart especially in the okay. first test when uh, sort of things they were in a similar situation bangladesh that they were slowly gaining control back of the game by taking wickets but they ran out of ideas there they did not know what to do mm. how to block myers right from scoring no innovative field positions no changes in length no changes in yes. bowling that you, you could say this is coming out of a left field nobody thought of this right it was very predictable and it just played into the west indian hands and i think the way brathwaite has marshaled his resources 
it's a very good thing i really like the what the job he did and to take away a, a clean sweep away from home is always fantastic in test right so he did that for his nations right it's a bunch of nations so all in all a lot of positives but you're right in the second test it was yes, a very yes. closely fought affair and bangladesh can be okay about it the first test probably they have some things to take away uh, in it mostly for me it mostly comes from mental toughness perspective okay right yes. both both tests if there are, there's anything that sort of let them down a little was the mental toughness perspective that's all the skill set there were they're okay there's not not a lot to discuss there now if you were to go ahead and take a look at the other international cricket that has happened in the meanwhile so there was a three t20i games that happened between pakistan and uh, south africa and mm-hmm. south africa had sent sort of a b team or a second 11 yes they had withdrawn all their main players hoping to play against australia yes but then that tour got cancelled and now we hear you know south african board is pla- is suing or at least have have made a official complaint against cricket australia i think uh their relationship has soured a little they were really unhappy australia failed to come right i mean probably it hit their coffers really really hard it must be said right? yes but what probably. this what, what we see is that um you know those three games were very very competitive so first game pakistan won by the way none of these games were won comfortably right all three games were really really tough games that that was no. great to see so again i think babar azam the batsman stood up it was nice to see because he made some important runs mohammad rizwan came good when the team was in trouble in the first game he scored a wonderful 100 and that 100 was the real difference between the teams i think south africa can be really proud because in the first game they nearly chased it down it was one boundary away there was just one boundary away and i would say some of their middle order batsmen david miller henry clausen and to an extent andile pelukwayo one of these guys had to go on because they got such a good start they couldn't convert it right and then you had i think pakistan kept striking pakistan kept coming back making sure they kept taking wickets usman qader played in the first t20i he took two wickets as well wonderful stuff from him and shahin shafridi i thought shahin shafridi was a bit costly through the series but i think he showed glimpses of form that on another day he would simply blow the opposition away so the first game was decided based on the 100 by rizwan yeah. the second game ben pretorius took a 5-4 and gave the game to south africa wonderful wonderful bowling because that meant they were restricted to just 144 in spite of a really good 51 right at the top of the order he took out most of the middle let's say the middle and the lower middle because haider ali babar azam hussain talat all of them failed iftikhar ahmed kushdil shah sort of supported fahim ashraf finished enough very strongly because pakistan wouldn't even make 120 in that game i thought so wonderful bowling by dwayne pretorius giving south africa a decent target and reza hendricks and then pait van billen think they did enough they took them home it was then decided probably david miller will sort of play a finisher and i think that suited him because in the third game when you looked at it yes. the top order completely let them down all this they had some new uh, more newcomers jj smuts came into the team yes. yanyan smuts because he can bowl a bit of off spin uh, left arm off spin right and then unfortunately they were in a lot of trouble i thought now yes. they are going to not make a 120 but then 446 exactly something like this 46 for 6 so 48 for 6 from there yes it it could have been 80 all out easily right yes and i think david miller played a blinder real blinder 5476ers clean hitting strike rate 190 to give his team a 160 for all from what you were saying it could have been 120 best case worst case 80 all out to 160 wonderful hitting but then that was not enough because 
in the last game you know captain azam decided to play for spoil sport he played a beautiful 44 very measured mohammad rizwan is in top form another 42 right he's their man of the series for pakistan wonderful wonderful the way he did and then mohammad namaz the spinner came good right because it could have been that pakistan could have lost it in the end because uh, they lost leila susen talat asif ali fahim ashraf who was beginning to come good with the bat also got out then mohammad nawaz and hasan ali took them across the line hasan ali sort of hitting 20 runs in just six seven balls a couple of sixes so i think mohammad nawaz was rightly the man of the match in the third game but all in all a much more tightly contested series than one would have anticipated but pakistan will be happy taking both the points as well as a victory at home right it has played in lahore yes. the national stadium and nothing less than a victory would have sufficed right so i think their fans coming back to the stadiums would be very very grateful as well as very happy to see their countrymen now if you were to move on look at the rest of the cricketing world so when we look at the other international tour that was actually ongoing pakistan's women tour has been called off this was a tour of africa in general and that finished the south african leg they were in zimbabwe but it looks like they were forced to call off their um, ongoing tour of zimbabwe because of what is termed as operational reasons but it looks like basically there are no flights anymore to go back for them so it was either go back on these flights or stay yes. here for a couple of months which wouldn't have been possible so they yes. had to sort of pack their bags and i don't know if you remember there was in the 1930s once a test where they had to stop the test it was a timeless test they had to stop the test it was the last timeless test exactly because the boat was leaving right they said yes. get on this boat or stay here for 6 months something like this so then they had to stop the test and they were on track to chase something like 600 in the fourth inning yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was exactly. crazy it was ninth day of play or some 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 stuff like yes. that right <laughs> this i mean those were the days where it, it was a different time right yes. in these days look what an impact covid has made that we've gone back to those days this is the last flight get on it or you stay here for a couple more months we can't guarantee when the next flight is coming yes it's very unfortunate to see a women's tour ending like this but i think they had to take this decision because this was the most prudent course of action yes yes in 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 um, in the interest of the players in the end in because we are talking of zimbabwe one other thing has come up that the zimbabwe side that's supposed to tour afghanistan right it might be played in uae the two test tour yes it begins from march 2nd but then a couple of senior players have been left out it looks like uh, uh, sean irvine and brendan taylor have been left out of the team we don't know why this is happening because those were some of the more experienced players that zimbabwe could have called on as far as test match cricket was concerned it's a bit disappointing to see but we probably don't know all the details because it's in uae and these people have actually played test cricket all those years back when zimbabwe were sort of middling yes now i don't see this team really being able to challenge afghanistan because afghanistan is a really up and coming team uh, they they really bounce back from their initial couple of tests they beat zimbabwe they beat ireland they're really strong right yes i would agree as far as i'm looking forward to watching this test match series i think it will be very one sided we'll see how it pans out i'm i'm i don't see i don't see zimbabwe um challenging afghanistan too much right. not in the uae no at least when it comes to south africa they would be glad pakistan is going to tour them in april for a limited series tour so there's going to be an odi and yes t20i series it's very nice to see that pakistan is sort of taking up this opportunity to tour but more importantly make sure you know south africa whatever dent them have had in their coffers due to australia not touring they're having a chance to make this up 
so that's nice to see well kings 11 punjab have decided to re- rename themselves punjab kings i'll ask the blunt question here do you think this will win them an ipl <laughs> obviously <laughs> no of course not but the name is better i mean what is this with uh, kingship or royalty that's with ipl or most t20 leagues out there royal challengers bangalore rajasthan royals kings 11 punjab or punjab kings super kings chennai and i can i can name so many more but yeah multan multan sultans and sultans like- indeed 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 no but royals and uh, kkr uh, knights right they have their own franchises they have multiple teams across multiple leagues right and uh, that's interesting because hampshire royals is by the way owned by the same consortium that owns rajasthan royals and kolkata uh, <laughs> knight riders have teams trin bago knight riders right so yeah not going into that it it's, it's a nice move rebranding yourself it's been multiple years already yeah I, i like i like the new name better than the old than the old one it's a lot less clunky along those lines do you think royal challengers also short change it to just bangalore kings or something or bangalore barons or something i've had a had a had a few ideas for the team based in bangalore and the captain's favorite word but i'm not going to say them here nicely done <laughs> bangalore ben stocks obviously they, look they have a chance to bid for him they have a chance to bid for ben stocks get him in the i know team, i know i know they call themselves bangalore ben stocks because i come from the same region and i speak the language i can come up with some not so politically incorrect names as well which could rhyme with bangalore <laughs> No, 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 no. My, my, my idea would not rhyme with Bangalore. It would be an alliteration uh, based on uh, a Delhiite favorite insult. Indeed, Ben Stokes, as it's politely. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. That's why I called yes, it Bangalore yes, yes. Ben Stokes. Yes, yes. He's he's from New Zealand after all. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, going from one New Zealand news to another, Roger Tews. right roger tous has been appointed as the new zealand cricket director he'll be replacing greg barkley who's now the icc chairman right mm-hmm. i'll put it as an open question to you leah mm-hmm. because you have ganguly at helm in india you have smith andrew stross musbaul haq and now roger tous right these are all ex players who are not very old who did not retire 20 30 years ago they are still sort of yes. in touch with the game So do you think this is this is sort of leading cricket down the right direction for you? Um I would not say that you can you can um generalize like that. Um I think there are obviously um recently retired players um that can make an impact as administrators um but there can also be recently retired players that are now administrators that are in the pockets of some very rich people and mm. then decide that the 100 is a good idea or that asking mom's net mm. where cricket should go is a good idea <clears throat> no no i don't i don't think i don't think that um the fact that you are recently retired and have been a f- professional cricketer before that um gives you any special qualifications um as an administrator i do not think so you can you can still be a very good administrator and you can be a very bad administrator <laughs> thanks for bringing that note of sobriety to my enthusiasm i 
think so. I really think so. But at least when it comes to Roger Tuss, you know, he has an MBA and he in fact completed a couple of yes. papers of those. I think when John Reed was his coach in England and John Reed has experience invigilating in classrooms for exams. I think he took a couple of exams remotely, his MBA courses. So anyway, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, this guy is a qualified guy. He's actually worked behind the scenes in New Zealand cricket for close to a decade already we hear. It might be a proper appointee, mm-hmm. right? We hope uh, he, he brings more and we wish him all the best in his tenure. Yes, we do. When it comes to retirements, a couple of retirements. One is Netherlands' Wesley Baresi, who was the top ODI scorer as far as Netherlands cricket was concerned. Top list and ODI scorer. So we really wish him all the best going forward in his second innings. Probably he's, he's going to go into coaching. I've seen him do some coaching here. Um, I've seen him do some of these things. So I think we are, we are, we are not done listening to the name Wesley Baresi. I think we're going to hear more of him when it comes to Netherlands and Europe cricket. Let's hope not. Okay. We wish him all the best. And the other retiree is a certain Faf Duplessis. Yes. The question is, do you think he chose the right time to retire? Probably not. Because um, in Germany, we have a we have a proverb, Aufhören, wenn's am schönsten is. It's best to retire at the height of your career or of your success. Mm-hmm. And he probably didn't do that. No, but um, I think he could have picked picked worse times to retire and he also could have picked better times to retire from test cricket. For me, it's a bit of an underachieving career, an average of 40 across 69 tests for somebody who's so talented. Look, he started making his name for himself as a blocker, right? somebody who could save tests. But then he, as a captain, as well as a senior pro in this 11, sort of had that responsibility to take forward the brand of South African cricket, the brand that was fearless. The brand where they would bring four fast bowlers on a pitch like the Chennai pitch that was mm. recently played and they would laugh at everybody's faces. They were brave. They were like, we don't care what you think. We have this formula, we're going to win. And I remember they went to Pakistan in 2006 on the back of a win 100 by Kales. They took that series home, a 1-0 series victory in Pakistan against Pakistan. They came to India, they gave hell. right? They went to England, they went to Australia. Mm. This was the ethos of this team, the hard-working, hard-playing people, right? Somehow, as a leader, as well as a senior player, I think he did not translate that. I mean, look, all not all the blame is to be at his door. And I'm talking only test cricket here, right? And not all the blame is on his door alone. There were other senior players. Ashim Amla brought a bit of that ethos. But none of them could really personalize it. None of them could really almost stand for it like Graham Smith did or Jack Scalist did. I mean, I'm really worried about the South African eleven because he was sort of one of the more experienced ones. There are plenty of new and very talented cricketers in South Africa who can take his place, but what will they do for the experience? You know, when you need somebody who's experienced that will tell you probably sitting in the dressing room, just, hey, he's looking panicky. Just tell him, take a deep breath. It's okay. Have a banana. Have a pair of gloves. Mm-hmm. Have a banana. Hey, tell him that. Just tell him this. Play out these three overs from this bowler. That's it. You know, that 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 experience that you see as a test pass cricketer, it can't be replaced with anything. I somehow think, I really hope he's not being forced out. I think the lack of test cricket, he cited as lack of test cricket another almost year. They don't play too much tests, South Africa. And I think he would have probably retired at the end of this Australian test series, had they played. He would have tried to go out on a mm-hmm. high, what you said, maybe score 100 or couple of 50s and then go out. Mm. He was not given that opportunity, unfortunately. But then he decided to pull mm. pull, pull out. So, 
all i see is for those that came after that golden generation right there are these I, i'll not go too far back but at least if you go as far as back as hansi crony the team he built the ethos he built that sean pollock sort of took a little forward but then they identified graham smith was a stronger guy you don't agree uh, with uh, sean pollock or no 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 it's 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 always it's always it's always um dangerous to say uh-huh. hansi crony and uh, the ethos he built look i'm not talking i'm not talking of how his career ended that was very unfortunate i i don't want to go there i'm more talking of we won't lose easily remember how they performed when they came to india under hansi crony yes that's yes, what i'm talking course. about but i i take your note of caution it was not all rosy <laughs> some other things were going on in the background but then look that 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 hard bitten attitude that they had that hansi crony inculcated sean polak was sort of not up to that standard they felt that's why they replaced him with somebody more hard bitten graham smith right and he was yes. the personification of that hard bitten nature of south african cricket they have not discovered anybody who can lead i think they missed a trick dean elgar could have been the right person to sort of lead south african test cricket forward they went to pinton de kock he doesn't look comfortable he's lost the, the test captaincy de kock he's not going to be the test captain anymore well it's not confirmed but it looks that way for sure yes yes because there's no formal announcement but all the things mark boucher said towards the end of that pakistan tour went yeah i mean for me he's such a free flowing player he should not be burdened with captaincy he should be just allowed to go ahead do his thing like a gilchrist or maybe a warner maybe a sehwag right go do your thing mm-hmm. he can win a game in like half a session for you in many cases or now so or a punt even yeah. i dare say so uh, it's a longer discussion but all i would say is Pafty Plessy, we wish him all the best because he's still in the limited overs teams. He'll probably play a couple more World Cups. At least that's his target, he says. And his experience in those elements would be very, very valuable for South Africa, right? And I can't, I can't believe that he won't play um, franchise tournaments around the world. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll do that. He'll do that. He'll play. <laughs> yes, two good years left for sure. Look, and I don't blame him for trying to cash in. There's nothing wrong there. Just that. the days he played test cricket he didn't really bring forward that strong persona south africa always brings forward as cricketers right or in mm. rugby itself right anyway so yes. we wish fafty plessy all the best going forward right and then to wrap it up uh, one nice story right so bhutan cricket have announced a 10 month contract for 14 of their women cricketers this is the first such mm-hmm. contract offered by the mountain nation so and this is just ahead of the asia qualifiers Asian women's qualifiers that's about to happen so we really hope you know this this heralds something yes. big for some for a country like Bhutan and their women's team are able to go and achieve we still talk of what Thailand's women's team did not in terms of their results on the field but what enthusiasm they brought in and what it meant for women cricketers everywhere right so yes. we really hope these women cricketers from Bhutan are able to replicate the same attitude and the same you know nice attitude i see Nepal team still portraying it so this is a wonderful story for me now let's take a quick look at the trivia section so the trivia question from the previous episode i'm going to ask it i think you will answer me but let's see unless you've already looked at the question i have not i have not i have not that would would have been unfair and unsportsmanlike all thank you let's see bowling in the second innings of the first test versus england at chennai right mhm ashwin did something that last occurred 114 years ago approximately what was that 
you have to go back all the way to the formation of cricket and what sort of bowlers were more important and what they did. No, no, I'm sorry. Well, he took a wicket of the first ball of the innings. Well, as a spinner bowling, to take the wicket okay. of the first ball of the innings, this was last done 114 years ago in 1907 by uh, a South African, Bert Fogler, and before that by Bobby Peel in 1888. Okay, so, okay. Didn't even think about it because you said in the fourth innings and yeah, okay. It's been a... I tried giving you a hint when they started playing cricket more organized, it was all underarm and then when it became overarm, most people were spin bowlers. There are very ah, few yes. whom you would call even mid medium pacers these days, right? Real faster men sort of started only coming in cricket after the World War, Second World War. Yeah, right? yeah. Where you had Frank Typhoon Tyson, you had Fred Broom and all of these people and of course from Australia, right? Alan Davidson. So, I mean, not going too deep into it. Yeah, yeah, but don't, but don't tell uh, Spoffos. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was called the <laughs> demon, wasn't he? Yes, he was he supposed was. to be really, really fast. And Bobby Peel was a real drunk because there are stories when they had to really hold him under the shower and give him a warm espresso to wake him up. He was so drunk. But then that was the innings where he came out to take seven wickets and he took a wicket of the first ball. He was again a demon like break bowler. So the trivia question of this episode, you know, Ashwin achieved something unique, right? So he took a 5-4 and scored 100 in a game and he's done it twice already now, right? Mm -hmm. And he, he overtook some really, really illustrious names in cricket, all of cricket itself, like Garfield Sobers, like Jack Carles. He led two of these people behind, now he has three. But there's only one cricketer who's actually ahead of Ashwin on this tally of taking a 5R and scoring 100 in the same test. So that our question is, who is this player? Again, a really, really illustrious name in the world of test cricket and a very colorful character, it must be said. Don't you think, Leah? Should I answer? No, you shouldn't answer, but you can at least tell me if you think the character is very very colorful because we, we, we want to give a hint right yes he, yes he is you you could you could say that all i can say is this guy actually after his retirement was probably recognized for his other achievements he's considered a very important let's say person in his country these days he has achieved a higher rank he sits in the elite corridors of power these days we hear right anyway that's not the beginning he had in cricketing career for sure he was he was, let's say, a very colorful man. So that's the answer. Uh, we've given a big clue. Let's see if uh, we get to hear any right answers from our listeners. As always, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at armchairpickpod on mail, armchairpickpod at gmail.com. Also, you could write into us by leaving a comment on any of the podcasting apps. For us, the main ones indeed are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and if you could leave us a rating, we'll be really grateful because it gives us some fillip. We know we are all test, test match fans, but we are also cricket fans at the end of the day. And we want to retain these as our niche audience. And we really hope you, get, you guys are out there and you reach out to us and let us know. We are making a difference for you. Before we close this episode, I would like to say a thanks to Leah, who's been wonderful as always. Thanks a lot. So, Leah, would you like to give out your... Uh, Maybe Twitter handle. I think you you come up with some very entertaining tweets as far as I'm concerned. Okay, um, it's um, at Linux, as in the operating system. Uh, Leah L E A on Twitter. Um, follow me if you found me interesting enough today. All right. Having said all that, it's a goodbye from both of us. Thank you, Leah. Bye bye. This. 
is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. <laughs>